Welcome to Pop Culture Rx, part of Hackensack Meridian Health's award-winning podcast. Pop Culture Rx is where we sit down with a medical expert and talk through various health-related topics circulating in today's media. In our discussions, you'll hear from a variety of professionals sharing insight and advice on these newsworthy conditions. This is Pop Culture Rx. For some, running a marathon may be on your New Year's resolution list for 2022. And with marathons back in action, we thought we'd bring in Dr. Steven Silver, Chief of Sports Medicine and a board-certified orthopedic surgeon from Hackensack University Medical Center to talk us through some tips and tricks in making those 26.2 miles the best ever. Thanks for being here, Dr. Silver. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. So let's talk, you know, preventing injuries. So a lot of people just kind of like think off the bat, oh, I'm just going to run 26 miles today. Is there anything we can do to, to kind of tips to prevent some injuries on that journey? Absolutely. Well, first of all, anyone can run a marathon. We're born, we born learning, knowing how to walk and to run. And so this is something that everybody knows how to do and everybody comes from a different place, but even a beginner can run a marathon. Oh, that's good to know. So how would I get started if I wanted to run a marathon? So everybody has a different uh, baseline, and just like the song, it's all about the base. (laughs) Some people, naturally, they have a threshold where they can run 15 miles a week. Other people can run 25, and other people who are really experienced can run 40 miles a week. But even the person who literally can run for 20 seconds and is out of breath, they can run a marathon, and there should be no goal to do something in a month, three months. This can be a process, it could be a journey, but it's really all about a journey and not about the destination. Like they say, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. So what about, you know, in terms of your joints? You always hear about runners and, and their joints being kind of like at risk because they're really using them. Is there any truth to that? When you start running, it's important to always stretch and warm up. There's a lot of things that uh, a beginner runner is going to do to avoid injury. Um, there's a, uh, a 10% rule, and everybody's going to be different. So if, if you're doing 10 miles a week, you're going to go up 10% every week in terms of your mileage. Now. It's okay if you could only do three miles a week. So a beginner is gonna go up very slowly. And if um, you're an experienced person that's doing 20 miles a week, well then maybe that person can do it a little bit quicker. So it sounds like you're talking about a training plan. So should everyone have some sort of training plan to get them to where they're going? This is gonna be about commitment. Once you're going to get on a training plan, people are going to do it four or five times a week. And um, having a, you know, even a coach is a good idea. Proper running sneakers is a good idea. And something that's going to be very beneficial is a good nutrition plan. So all these things are going to go to preventing injury, having good hydration, and as you get into it, even fueling during your runs. So you mentioned fueling and nutrition. What are some things that we should maybe include in that? 
So your, your three basic ma macronutrients is going to be your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins. And for running, especially race day, carbohydrates are the most important. Um, your body likes to burn carbohydrates first. So in general, especially on a long run, you're going to want to, you know, even nutritionally have three balanced meals because you're going to need your fuel. Um, you probably want to take, uh, you know, a, a carb snack an hour before and hydrate well an hour before. Um, and, you know, that, that will uh, really help and impact uh, your ability to, to, to run nicely without uh, having problems. Let's say you're injured. Would it be better to apply ice or heat? So great question. Um, I get that every single day in the office. <laughs> and the ninth answer is that it's both. Um, I generally tell people, if you're watching a basketball game, I was the team doctor. I took care of the Nets for 10 years. If you look at basketball players, they all have heating pads on the bench for warm up. The heat's going to be a vasodilator, bring more circulation to your muscles, and it warms you up so that you could run. And then if you look at all the basketball players in a locker room after the game, they're all with their ice packs and sitting in an ice bath, and that's a good vasoconstrictor, which basically is going to stop the swelling, and it's a good pain reliever. Um, and the answer is going back and forth that vasoconstriction and dilation is very good for your blood flow. So I like to use both. So kind of a little bit of heat beforehand, a little bit of ice after. Absolutely. And in terms of running injuries, what are some common ones that we should, you know, prepare for? So there's probably five common overuse injuries, which is what I see every day. Um, runner's knee, or we call patellofemoral syndrome, is going to be pain, which is pretty much under your kneecap. There's no tears in the knee. You just get inflammation and some injury to the cartilage under the kneecap. Uh, stretching is very beneficial to, to help with that because tight muscles are going to increase that force under the kneecap. A second injury would be uh, kind of jumper's knee or patella tendonitis. Okay. That's where with excessive mileage, you're going to get tenderness. And you could also get a new quad, but it's a, a tender quad or a tender uh, patella tendon. Um, you have your bursitis. That's where you look at your knee and look, it looks swollen. Yeah. Uh, Pre-patella bursitis is right on, above the kneecap. Um, and then there's a pezanserine tenderness uh, bursitis, which is right below the kneecap. Um, the dreaded one we don't want to get is a uh, meniscal tear. Um, that's something that ultimately is going to come back to haunt the run runner and kind of not get better over time, something that you might need to see a doctor. And the last one is uh, IT band syndrome. Uh, runners get it, a lot of bicyclists get it, and that's the pain on the side of the knee. These are all overuse syn syndromes. Um, don't run through pain. Um, no pain, no gain does not apply here. Um, if, if you think that you're hurt, you know, you take three days off, rest ice, anti-inflammatory, and it'll go away. So there's one that you didn't mention that I actually experience, and that's shin splints. How can I avoid 
shin splints. We see shin splints all the time. Um, again, an overuse sy syndrome from probably doing uh, the terrible twos too soon, too fast, too often. <laughs> so I tell my patients that um, you could do three things, decrease your intensity, your frequency, and your duration of running. And it doesn't have to, so you don't have to quit cold turkey. Your intensity is how hard you're working. Your frequency is how often you're running. And your duration is how long you're running for. So I usually tell people, why don't you cut down each of them by 30%? That usually makes them happy because they don't want a quick cold turkey. And you certainly can do, you know, the rice, which is uh, an anti-inflammatory compression, uh, the ice and the elevation. Got it. And then another thing I heard of was KT tape. It, does KT tape actually do anything? Yeah, the, the Olympic volleyball players, you saw it years ago in the Olympics. I think that's the first time that I saw it. Um, no different than a compression knee sleeve. If you watch the NBA, how many people have the knee sleeve on the knee, yeah. on the elbow? Uh, this is just another format of, of putting some compression around muscle groups. People feel it's more supportive. And the truth is, is that this is a, a wonderful thing a therapist can do or your coach. And it comes down to that if you do the KT taping and it makes you feel better, then keep doing it. Yeah, because I, so I am, I guess, a runner, not really a runner, sort of a runner. We'll go with that. Um, and I've always thought KT tape might help with the shin splints and all the other injuries that come about with it. So I was always wondering if that actually ever did anything um, because I put a lot on there to like really seem intense. Um, in terms of warming up, what about foam rolling? Foam rolling is wonderful. Um, Foam rolling is going to increase blood flow and it's going to loosen up tight muscles and, and certainly in that IT band, which is a difficult area to get enough pressure. Um, foam, foam rolling is a wonderful way to get tight muscles to, to relax and to recover. Um, so I'm a big proponent. Uh, a new thing which could be expensive, which I really love too, are these Theraguns. Which, oh, yes. which basically are aiming to do the same thing, a little less work for you because the foam roller, you really have to work it and use your body to use it. Uh, but anything that gets the blood flowing to the muscles is going to aid in recovery. And in terms of the Theragun, and I must say I did purchase a Theragun for a family member for Christmas this year. Do you just put it on the spot that you feel tight in, or is there any sort of motion that you should be doing with it? What's the correct way to use a Theragun? Yeah, so it, it, it's pretty much put it where it hurts and get the blood flow going. And, uh, you know, you don't have to hurt yourself and be too aggressive because these things could be pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would say everything in moderation. <laughs> Makes sense. So now what about shoes. So for example, I'm flat footed. So a different shoe for me works better because, you know, it kind of helps with my running rather than someone who's not flat footed. Are there any certain shoes that you would recommend for people? Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or an expert. Anyone who makes the decision and the commitment 
to run a marathon and be a runner, the first and main purchase they should get is a good pair of running shoes. Um, nowadays, you simply go to these running stores. Mm -hmm. They're going to video your run. They're going to look at the type of foot that you have. Do you have a wide foot? Do you have a narrow, narrow foot? Do you have a low, medium, or high arch? Um, are you a super pronator? And there's going to be a shoe that has the proper stability, the proper torsion, the proper flexibility. Um, they have superior cushioning, breathability, and good shoes can prevent injuries and overuse injuries. And when you're doing a lot of mileage, uh, it's an absolute necessity. Absolutely. So post-marathon, are there any tips that you could give for, for cramping or, or even lactic acid buildup in your muscles? I must admit I've experienced lactic acid buildup in my muscles after my first half marathon, and I think it's because I didn't prepare properly for the first half marathon. So any tips on, on your post-marathon routine? That is a great question. Uh, lactic acid, for sure, is the culprit of these terrible cramps that people get. They get it at mile 20 towards the end of the race. So first, I'd like to say that lactic acid is an important thing. It's a good fuel when you run out of oxygen. So lactic acid is the byproduct when you have breathe in all the oxygen and there's no more oxygen left, but you still have to burn fuel. So eating proper nutrition, eating carbs an hour before the race, you'll burn your carbs up and proper hydration is very important. Um, if you have a year to prepare, training in your anaerobic phase which for people means doing about 110%. Um, you want to do a little bit of training where you're doing it in a phase where you're burning anaerobic and your body will adapt to it, so it'll happen less often. Um, I would recommend that in the beginning of the race, uh, be the, the, uh, the tortoise, not the hare. You don't want to come out running too fast in the beginning you, you want your first mile slower than your last mile, and you really got to conserve your energy because if you burn it too soon, you're going to cramp. Um, and, and while you're running, if you're going to do a half hour run, the fuel is less important. But any run that's going to be over an hour, um, they have these little carb packets. One's called waffles. They're glucose and fructose. and you could take those, you know, five miles into your race, 10 miles into your race, so that you nutritionally, you know, are supportive during the run. And for any of these long runs, a little sip of water every 20 minutes and keep hydrated. Even taking a little salt, salt pill or a little Gatorade, something to replenish the electrolytes, and that, that'll stop the cramps. Makes sense. And I always heard, you know, while you're training, you should also train how you're going to fuel, how you're going to drink your water. So it's important to, to keep that in mind throughout the duration of the training, not just marathon day. You don't only want to have a good night's sleep and eat your carb meal the day before the marathon. 
you want to do this the day before all your long runs so you don't want anything new or any surprises the, the day of the, the marathon. So everything you're doing for the marathon, you should do it on the long runs because, you know, you want to know how your body's going to react. So you don't want to eat a brand new meal you ever ate the day before because yeah. you read something. You don't want to switch to a new pair of sneakers. You don't want to wear new clothes that can cause chafing. Um, so everything you're doing on marathon day is, is, should be also done on all your practice long runs. Exactly. And then when should we come and see you? So when is the point where we're like, all right, we should go see a doctor? So they did a study and they polled runners. 66% of people said they had an injury in the year before. So running a marathon you can expect something's going to happen. Something's going to go wrong and be prepared for it. Um, but you're going to get through it. Most of even what we discussed before, they're going to be your tendonitis, your bursitis, your overuse. You're going to take three days off in general. Don't run through the pain. When you come back, you'll do a half a day's workout. And if that's good, then you get back into it. The people that ultimately need to see me, they have done the rest ice anti-inflammatory and they take their three days off and then they're thinking about it a month later. They're thinking about it two months later. It's a problem that's not changing places, it's always in the same spot. So something like a meniscus tear, if you're not getting better in that first, you know, two weeks like anyone who's overdone it and your knee swells up and is stiff and you're limping around it's time to see the doctor makes sense anything else you'd like to share one thing about trying to treat yourself um, everybody's heard the term rice mm -hmm. rest ice anti-inflammatory what I find a lot of runners like to do is only the eye they think <laughs> they're gonna ice and run they forget about the rest of rice which is rest taking it easy for three days, compression, elevation, waiting for the, their bodies to heal. So I think that you have to do all of rice, just not ice and run. And pretty much if you do that, I think uh, most people won't need to come see the doctor. Makes sense. Thanks for being here, Dr. Silver. It was great being here. Thanks for having me. If you have a topic you'd like for us to cover, submit your ideas on hmh4u.org backslash podcast. Your suggestion could be included in the You Asked For It special episodes. The material provided through this Help You podcast is intended to be used as general information only and should not replace the advice of your physician. Always consult your physician for individual care.